Hi, I'm Stephanie, and this is Real Housewives of Neopia. Together, we're going to re-explore some dark depths of pop culture, most of which you've willfully forgotten about. Hi, everyone. How was everyone's week? I am coming from a place of yes currently, just like my fellow Scorpio queen, Bethany Frankel. So, in other words, I'm feeling a little brighter and more sunny than I've reported lately, but that could just be the black iced McDonald's coffee talking. I know I've just been darking out all over the place, but things seem to have taken a turn for the better. Whether it's my actual brain chemistry or simply the iced coffee, I am feeling fun and flirty at the time of this recording. I did pair said iced coffee with a Chinese coconut bun, so I feel that I've transcended. Truly the most luxurious breakfast that spare change could buy, I am HO. I need to be nourished and appropriately fueled for my new career as a private investigator, which I'm going to tell you all about. I saw a meme the other day that's like, every day I put on my silly little Scorpio hat and do my silly little unauthorized background checks, and that describes what I've been up to quite succinctly. So basically, to set the scene for you... We were on our way home from a Korean snack fiesta. We got a snack bar combo that included duck baki, fried dumplings, and these like blood sausage with glass noodle things, but I forget the proper name. Whatever the case may be, they're really good. I've really been in a place of duck baki lately. The texture is very pleasing to me. The flavor as well. To quote Angelina Jolie's tattoo, as well as Leslie's from Cycle 6 of ANTM, what nourishes me also destroys me. In addition, we tried taiyaki from a street cart, barley tea, which I'm really into, and Dutch iced coffee. That's neither here nor there, but I felt the necessity to paint a full picture. So it was a really pleasant outing, not too far from home, but on the commute back, I saw something bone-chilling that inspired far more questions than answers. There was this sticker on a road sign that featured a cartoon bunny, very trademark-free looking, like a stock image, and it said, free dating website with the URL friskyrabbit.website. Yes, not .com, not .org, not .net, not .gov, but .website. Please don't go to the website because I think it's probably a malware extravaganza, but rest assured I looked so you don't have to. I was vexed and disturbed by the advertisement, but I just knew that I had to look into it. My initial hypothesis was that it was maybe a furry thing because of the bunny, and that scene is not my jush, despite my accidental infiltration of their community in 2003. 
If you don't know what I'm referring to, please listen to my gay pride episode entitled Lesbian Don Juan, I believe. But aside from furryism, I worried that something more nefarious was at stake on a totally serious note because it was just unsettling. As I tell this tale, please also note that I am currently unemployed. So against my better judgment, I headed on over to friskyrabbit.website as soon as we got home. On the homepage, it featured the scary cartoon mascot and very minimalistic formatting. There was sort of a 90s-style search engine for personal ads, but there seemed to be zero listings. There's also a section for, as they call it, troll detection software, which features a very long and deranged rant about the catfishing straight men endure on sites like Craigslist. As I said, the rant is quite long, but it had some implied homophobic and transmisogynistic undertones, so I'm going to refrain from reading it because I don't want to. The giant body of text is also covertly clickable, which is suspect. I carefully ensured that my cursor was away from the link to avoid being swallowed into the ether by the stroll detection software, but I continued to research friskyrabbit.website elsewhere. They also have a Twitter with one single tweet, but I found they also have a YouTube channel. This is the only video, and it's pretty much flip phone camera quality, Filmed outside with really poor audio, the wind is blowing, and this random woman is reading off of a piece of paper. Please don't snitch on me to the minds behind this website because I'm scared of them, and if anything happens to me, it's on you. Plus, this falls under fair use anyway. Babe, it's called commentary. This is Sonia with a couple of words about friskyrabbit.website. Friskyrabbit.website is a totally free dating website for everyone. You can post in any city and in any country you want, not only in major cities, since you can set the city you want to post in yourself. On friskyrabbit.website, there are no money-grabbing schemes like meet me, buy tokens, boost yourself, get gold membership, etc. This website is 100% free to use. We also do not use cookies that can be used to track you online. To prevent spamming, you can place only one ad per city. But you can place the same ad as in many cities as you like. You can also add up to 50 pictures to your ad. If you want to add a hyperlink to your website or Instagram, you are most welcome to do so. Okay, it all sounds good, but... How to get the best results? It's simple. Place your ad and wait for responses. And there's great advice for all of you lovely guys. Women posting personal ads get very often two, 300 or more responses per day. We simply have no time in the day to even take a look at all the messages from guys who emailed us on that day. The best bet for you guys is to place your own personal ad online and wait for the emails to come. 
the obvious thing post the obvious thing post with pictures get the most results this is true for this site as well as every other dating site out there i hope you like this short introduction to dating online see you soon on friskyrabbit.website bye for now this basically scared the shit out of me and if any of you have seen the documentary tickled which you should this just screamed Jane O'Brien media. Upon Googling the URL further, I found another dating website with insane formatting that uses the same verbiage as Frisky Rabbit called nightdater.com. They have a Twitter that's slightly more prolific than that of Frisky Rabbit as there is 17 tweets instead of just one. Most of the tweets echo the same sentiments as the troll detection software, which is warning against catfishes in the Craigslist sphere. Again, the emphasis was on people posing as women, which to me seemed to have very creepy transmisogynistic implications. There's also a car selfie of a middle-aged man, presumably the brains behind Frisky Rabbit and Night Dater, which is captioned, I'm reading it exactly as it is. An interesting regularity. I have ads on paid sites that feature plenty of female posters with pictures. Responses? Next to nothing. I posted on free Craigslist where basically no females posted, just spam and trolls. Responses and real dates? Phenomenal three question marks. I reverse image searched his selfie with no luck, but later I made great progress. I also found Night Dater's YouTube channel, which featured a video with the same woman from Frisky Rabbit with the same unnerving quality and wording, but it was used to promote Night Dater instead of Frisky Rabbit. Those videos were also both posted on the same date, which I could have guessed since she seems to be wearing the same thing and standing in the exact same spot. I was really desperate to find the woman in this videos with no luck. On one of them, someone commented on how nice it was to meet her at this particular event, so I then did a deep dive on that person who ended up being like a real young lady with a real um, Instagram and everything. She seemed normal, just like a normal young woman who wasn't at all affiliated with the Frisky Rabbit team. So I'm inclined to believe that the YouTube account using her picture was maybe fake. Who knows? My journey hasn't stopped, so maybe I'll have an update. A dead end for now, but I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if I hadn't explored it further. As I continued Googling, I found the final piece of the trifecta, streetsofcash.com. There's a corresponding YouTube channel, but the woman from before is nowhere to be found. Instead, it's the man featured in the Night Dater Twitter selfie. The video is 2 minutes, 28 seconds long, so I won't insert it, but I'll summarize. Basically, Streets of Cash is this thing that he's made, and you're supposed to sign up via the website to get clues from him, and then you will find an envelope with his phone number and a password written. Once you retrieve that envelope, you're meant to call him and then collect a couple hundred dollars, no strings attached.
You're also required to have your photo taken for his finders gallery. I hate everything about that and am officially darked out by this point. That's one video, but then there's another entitled, No One Wants Free Money! Exclamation point. That video is him pretty much just lurking in his van, yelling out to a random guy asking if he wants $100. According to him, all this guy needs to do is walk over to a nearby tree. Understandably, the man he's harassing wants no part of it. I personally would shit my pants if someone calling out from a van asked if I wanted $100. The description of this video reads, No one wants free money in BC, Canada, and I am absolutely perplexed. A very bizarre approach toward money among people who are perpetually broke and in debt to the gills here in Canada. And yet, they keep refusing to make the slightest effort to improve their financial situation. I do mean the slightest. It brings me to mind the Bible's proverb 26.15. A sluggard buried his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. By the way, I knew 100% how the guy in the video would react before I even spoke to him. I just wanted to show you all how arrogant and negative attitudes keep people poor. Imagine being too lazy to walk 20 feet for $100. I've been watching these people for years. I tr- My body throttled back when I saw that video and read that description. Again, it's all very Jane O'Brien media to me. One woman commented on that video expressing curiosity, and we later found her Reddit thread about the whole ordeal. Initially, we both thought it was just the man himself catfishing to legitimize and spread the word about his scheme, but eventually we verified that she was actually a real person. When I say we, I'm talking about my husband and I because he's just as invested in this as I am. In the thread, she posted a picture of his van that has a very large window decal that reads, So you are broke again? U is spelled out properly, but R is just the letter R. And then underneath is the streetsofcash.com $100 free cash logo beneath it. There's also a giant friskyrabbit.website free dating sticker underneath. This woman also went to meet him with her brother and not alone, which I'm very thankful for. In that same thread, there's also a picture of the van with the license plate number included, which we've saved for future reference, but there's no real way to search for a person based on license plate number, but we have secured that information. Anyways, she secured the bag safely, and she can even be seen in the finders gallery on the streetsofcash.com website along with several other people. Obviously, we also researched this random woman to an embarrassing extent to confirm it wasn't a sock puppet account for the guy, but it all checked out. This is where we've left off, but I definitely have not given up. I have even more questions than when I started, but I just have such an ominous feeling about it, and I don't really know what to do except continue to be persistent. 
for now, I'm closely monitoring the situation and I'm open to anyone's advice. But yeah, this is how I spend my free time these days and I haven't given up. Besides my silly little unauthorized background checks, I also have been deep in the throes of Real Housewives of Vancouver. I'm aghast that we've already reached episode 10 together. It feels like it's just breezed by. Things are really heating up after the cease and desist stunt by Jody at Christina's event, and we're picking up right where we left off. Everyone, minus Jody and Mia, head out for drinks after, and they're all reeling from the gruesome twosome. Even Jody's former allies, Ronnie and Reiko, are finally starting to make sense of it all. Mary seems relieved that Ronnie finally sees Jody's true colors, and frankly, so am I. I can really relate to this feeling, because do you ever just know that someone's a total beast from your intuition? Then it's confirmed by tangible experiences. This seems to happen to me a lot, and some of my friends who are less suspicious don't see until way later. So, like Mary, I feel vindicated. I guess I have Bethany heavy on my mind today since this is now my second time comparing myself to her, but it's the same vibe as Scary Island when everyone finally sees the truth about Kelly. Reiko's been pretty chill throughout the season with a questionable allegiance to Jody, but even she pipes up and says that the stunt was incredibly vindictive and rude. I'm very pleased to see this trajectory because I felt personally gaslit by Ronnie and Reiko's blind defense of Jody previously. Despite all of this, Ronnie still doesn't want to disinvite Jody from the upcoming trip they're all taking to wine country. Mary's disappointed by this because she believes she should, but she's determined to support Ronnie regardless and is simply hoping for the best. Shortly thereafter, Mary is again slighted by her friend's association with a claimant because she and Christina meet up at a cafe and Christina opens up about her night with Mia. Mary is displeased, but Christina explains that Mia drank all of her wine and stayed at her home until 6 p.m. the following day. In her confessional, Christina recalls how Jody once told her she should have a sign over her bed like McDonald's that says over one billion served. Christina says that Mia makes one billion and one. The Real Housewives franchise as a whole could benefit from more unabashed, sapphic indulgences like this one. Perhaps I would have cared more about Beverly Hills this season if Denise... proudly slept with one of Rena's diet Hadid daughters instead of reluctantly with Brandy Glanville. Mary's entirely unriveted by the story and is mostly just annoyed that Christina was hanging out with Mia 
Because Mia, if you recall, was physically and verbally harassing her as recently as days prior. Christina feels bad about this, but just reassures Mary that she loves her, and it seems to be squashed. Ronnie is jazzed for the trip to Okanagan, and she calls Reiko to spread the joy. She informs Reiko that she bought wine slings for everyone, which is worn around their neck to hold their glass of wine so they can double fist drinks. I honestly would like one for my iced coffee. Reiko fails to muster up enthusiasm over the sling and instead tells Ronnie that she feels disturbed. Wine slings are not the culprit for her distress, but Jody Clayman is. Apparently, Reiko spent $32,300 at Jody's store, which is insane, by the way. But the credit card company called her husband to say that the transaction amount was charged as $34,800. When asked about it, Jody apparently was defensive and unapologetic, so Reiko ultimately said, if you're that desperate for a few thousand dollars, then just fucking keep it. I love seeing this energy from Reiko because... Her speaking scenes typically make me feel like I've popped an indica capsule. I'm not being shady. I love taking indica capsules and I love how they make me feel. But generally, I do take them to sleep better. Besides Ronnie, everyone is pretty hesitant about this trip because they're all currently on the outs with Jody in some capacity. Jody and Mia, on the other hand, are very excited. They've packed really light per Jody as we see their luggage carousel with like six suitcases and several heavy fur coats. Even though I'm usually at odds morally with Jody, I relate to certain nuances of her eccentricities. For me, packing a month's worth of stuff for a weekend trip is a must because you never know what's going to happen and preparation is key. Let's be frank about it. Christina is basically LARPing Frogger through the Vancouver airport while all the children surrounding are like the cars and Frogger. She hates them. She says she's a big supporter of children's charities, but has no time for children in airports. I can also relate. When they touch down, Ronnie, Reiko, Christina, and Mary take one limo to the winery, while Jody and Mia ride separately. As a side note, I'm obsessed with the fact that Mia, Jody's daughter, is essentially like a friend of in this cast. I find it so odd and captivating. In the first car, they're all talking shit about the Claymans, and Mary expresses that Jody doesn't intimidate her, and she proceeds to quote Shakespeare. As always, Mary's unintentional comedic timing is quite underrated. Both groups come together at an outdoor wine tasting, I think it's a wine tasting. I'm really unclear on what it is. They're outside and they're drinking wine, so let's just call it a wine tasting. 
After sitting down, Ronnie orders everyone to say something nice about the person seated across from them. I wrote down what everyone had to say, and I'll just read them as follows. Ronnie says to Reiko, she's enjoyed getting to know her. She's a lovely, wonderful person, beautiful inside and out, great mother. Reiko says to Ronnie that it's been a pleasure to get to know her as well and that she has a heart of gold that shines. Christina says to Mia, I've seen you a few times and we had a really great time. I didn't expect that. Mia to Christina says, fabulous legs and you know how to have a good time. This, of course, leaves Mary and Jody, who are seated across from one another. Mary says to Jody, I always believe there's good in people and I just don't know that side of Jody yet. Diplomatic queen. I love that. <laughs> Jody responds by telling Mary, You're a great mom and you do a lot of good for charity. After that little exercise, we're treated to the sight of Ronnie opening a bottle of rose with a sword. Love that for her. Shortly thereafter, they head to this wine cave that's called the Pyramid. The sommelier explains the powerful energy within the pyramid and that no one with negative energy should enter, but here they all are regardless. Everyone's seated together except Jody and Mia, who are sitting in the corner with their sunglasses on, just being hateful. Again, I don't really relate to the methods to their madness, but purely visually, this is usually the role that I fill in social settings. Each woman is empowered to stand in the middle of the pyramid while making a wish. Most of them are pretty generic, like wishes for love and happiness, but Jody tells us she wished really hard, yet she opened her eyes to see Mary still there. Her delivery fucking slays me, but she's so evil. I don't know when I'm going to be done editing this episode, if the story will still be up, but on my pod IG, I did post this scene. In the morning, we get to see the hotel they're staying at, which is Sparkling Hill Resort, and it's Swarovski-owned, as in Swarovski Crystals, so its appearance reflects that. It's really beautiful and chic-looking, and I would love to go based on the visual aspect alone. Today is a spa day for everyone, and various groups break off to do different activities. On the subject of spas, I just want to quickly endorse the Korean spa I went to this week. It was my first Korean spa experience, but I enjoyed myself a lot. The dry sauna was a great time. There was a salt room, a yellow earth room, a cold room, a charcoal room, And they also sold Malona's at the end of it. And you guys know how I feel about Malona's. But back to the women, I just wanted to get that out there. Ronnie and Mary are doing a Turkish bath. And it starts off very emotional. Mary's expressing her loneliness and just how much she wishes she had someone to come home to. Both she and Ronnie are crying, presumably because they're in love with each other. 
I've said it once and I'll say it again, but I simply refuse to believe that they have never engaged sexually or romantically. This is alleged, but my intuition, especially in situations of this nature, never really fails me. After some tears are shed, they just get silly and have a fun time. Christina and Reiko head to the cold sauna. I think they both intended to do it, but Reiko backs out at the last minute. While doing so, Christina is wearing a floor-length Armani evening gown. She earnestly explains that there was just nothing else in her luggage. I really appreciate what Christina brings to the table. It feels like such a disservice that she's a one-and-done housewife, but good for her. I feel like Christina is everything that Erica Jane thinks she is. To elaborate, I think Erica Jane enjoys the idea of herself as like a sexually empowered gold digger who doesn't give a fuck about what people think, but she isn't any of those things. Maybe she's a gold digger, which by the way, I don't think is a pejorative, so I'm not hating, but I don't think she's at peace with owning that. I'm not like an Erica Jane hater. I even own a pair of shoes from her Shoe Dazzle collection, but I'm just saying it like it is. Most housewives fit a certain archetype, but I can say with confidence that Christina is one of a kind. Jody and Mia go to the Serenity Room, which requires silence, but they choose to talk the whole time anyway. I also really like Jody's shoes, even though they're hilariously inappropriate for the spa. There are these black pumps that like tie around the ankles, and I'd wear them. I'd notice them right away. Their version of indulging in serenity is talking shit about Mary and how they feel sorry for her because she's so pathetic. Jody proposes that Mary first needs to apologize to her own self before apologizing to those she's hurt, which is simply coded language for Jody. After the day of rest and relaxation, the ladies head to Burrowing Owl Winery via helicopter. They get to see how the wines are made, and they also get to stomp grapes. Based on how almost everyone is dressed, it appears to be freezing there, but Ronnie is stunting in a completely sheer black top wearing only a bra underneath. Truly me in ninth grade. I didn't care if it was 20 degrees Fahrenheit. You were not going to stop me from wearing my Hot Topic corset and lip service brand micro miniskirt to go see I Am Legend. Stunning vixen Ronnie pulls Mary aside to relay a message from Jody. According to Jody, Mary has 48 hours to respond to the cease and desist or else she'll be held in contempt of court. This sounds like a lie, which of course it is. 
Mary then gets dark, which we've never seen before. And she says if that's the case, she'll countersue Jody and dig up everything about her past, including but not limited to subpoenaing her travel records. I much prefer this chaotic approach to Mary's usual meekness. On the helicopter ride back to the resort, everyone but the claimants are wearing their headset, so all of them just talk about the lawsuit blissfully. We round out the episode with a dinner somewhere called Quail. As usual, everyone but Jody and Mia ride together while the other two take a separate limo. Upon arrival, Jody says the vibe from the other woman is something I don't notice because I live on my own land. Again, despite her morals and behavior, I really relate to some of the really just bizarre alien things that she says. Unlike Jody, I do take note of the vibe from the other women, which is visibly tense, because at this point, no one is fucking with her. Ronnie tries to rectify this by forcing Mary and Jody to call a truce that clearly neither of them want. But bless her for moving things forward. Ronnie absolutely comes from a place of yes. Basically, Mary just sends Jody by saying her lawyer told her she doesn't need to respond to the cease and desist. Jody continues to blatantly lie by insisting Mary said to her face that there's secondhand goods in her shop. But the trusty editors roll the footage of Jody accusing her, Mary asking her where she heard that, Jody responding Ronnie, and Mary saying, Yes, it's hearsay, so why didn't you ask me? So, in other words, Mary never said she sold secondhand goods to her face, as Jody's claiming. Legendary behavior as usual. In her confessional, Christina says this probably isn't the best time to shake things up by mentioning that Mia was in her bed, but she does that anyway. This doesn't really seem to land with Jody since she's more focused on her favorite victim, Mary. But it will continue to evolve later, don't you worry. Somehow this ends with Mary apologizing for doing nothing wrong and Jody accepting her apology. So that's where we leave off. I really just love these demons dearly. I do have major news that I plan on going to Jody's Maison at some point soon. I'm both terrified and excited. I'm looking forward to enjoying an $8 iced coffee and a $7 lemon bar. I was simply researching to see if she was still in business in any capacity since I heard she lost quite a bit of her money, but she certainly is, although I think she's rebranded. It looks as though Jody's Fine Foods is done but that the Glass House Boutique, the very one they're fighting over, has rebranded to Jody's Maison. So it's still um, a clothing store, but then they also have a cafe. 
I hope that I see Jodi IRL, but I'm also really scared because I feel like she's omniscient and will read my thoughts. When I went to the IG for Jodi's Maison, it updated for the first time in months as I scrolled the feed, which only further reinforced this theory. So hopefully if time allows, I'll be able to go in the coming days And if I do, you know that I'll report back on my experience in excruciating detail. Even if I don't see Jody, I'll happily review everything I consume and the clothes therein. As you may have noticed, my ad campaign with Queen Anchor has expired because it was a six-month campaign. I'm actively trying to get another sponsor, But if you feel so inclined to support this podcast for as low as 99 cents monthly, please check out the link at the bottom of every episode description. There's no obligation, but just in case you're also coming from a place of yes. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at Botox Groupon, B-O-T-O-X-G-R-O-U-P-O-N, and the pod at Real Housewives of Neopia. I will see you very soon. Enjoy the rest of your week. Love you. Bye.